This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. The Dow has closed above 11,000. The European Union is bailing out Greece, and the U.S. economy seems to be perking up. Is the future as bright as it looks? In fact, it looks pretty good, says Wharton finance professor Jeremy Siegel. While the Dow's 11,000 close doesn't mean much to professional market watchers, it can give ordinary investors a psychological boost. According to Siegel, the U.S. economy is in a self-sustaining recovery, no longer dependent on government stimulus. And while the housing market could take years to make up recent losses, the economy and stocks should do well, he said in an interview with Knowledge at Wharton. Welcome, Professor Siegel. Happy to be here, Jeff. Well, today uh, we have uh, three, uh, an underlying theme, uh, three things that have been in the news, and we want to find out from you whether they really matter or don't. And the first and most obvious is the Dow surpassing 11,000 for the first time, it seems, in ages. Is this something that really matters or, or doesn't it? Um, it doesn't matter it's, it, uh, in, a, in a real economic sense, but I think more in a psychological sense. Uh, obviously, these even thousands are, are just, you know, arbitrary points. But this is the highest position in, uh, since September of 08 when the crisis really broke out. And I think more illuminating than um, just looking at the number 11,000 is that the, the market is, is only about 22, 23% off from its all-time high. Uh, which was uh, reached in October of 2007 when, when the Dow was over 13,000. So we went down 58%, and now we're back within a little more of 20% of, of the high. I mean, that shows you that there has been a very significant recovery. Now, when you hear about these big, uh, big numbers like 11,000, 10,000, and so on, and we know mathematically 11,000 is not much different from 10,999, but the analysts are always talking about psychological barriers. Is there any evidence that, that investors do behave differently, uh, that they're encouraged when you break through one of these ceilings? I think it does hit the news, and um, uh, it might cause a few investors to say, hey, you know what, I... I think the worst time is over. Maybe I should nibble in stocks again. Uh, professional traders don't put any stock in it at all, uh, although there's a few traders that love to place little bets about whether it's going to close above or below when it's real near, and they may push the market around a little bit to try to, to, try to get their way. Uh, but uh, uh, again, it's mostly a psychological barrier. It, it sort of causes us to step back and, and take stock in you know, well, you know, how how far have we come back? Uh, and uh, I think that sort of um, reflection is is good for the market. Now, the second item is in the news is the recession. And the panel that calls the beginnings and ends of recessions, always uh, far after the fact, uh, decided the other day that it was too soon to decide whether the most recent recession has ended or not. And there was sort of notably a dissent from one of the panel members. Again, is this something that matters, or are the markets are, are way way beyond all this question anyway? Yeah, I mean, to que- I mean, the recession has definitely uh, ended, um, and uh, 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 what what they were more uncertain about was exactly what what month it ended. But that's you know that's quibbling about history. My f- personal feeling it, it it it's July or August of of, of last year is when we're going to finally. 
uh, get that date. But I think there's there's no question we're out of it. In my opinion, we're not going to have a double dip. Um, I, I think uh, it's just a question of whether we're going to come out of this with just moderate growth or perhaps uh, surprisingly rapid growth. And um, uh, the National Bureau of Economic Research uh, is, as, as you say, notoriously late uh, at, at really calling the turning points as uh, I was listening to Jim Paterba, who's the, the new head of the NBR, saying, you know, they're not a forecasting group. Uh, they just look at data and try to try to best pick when the, the turning points of the economy have in the past uh, taken place. So, uh, again, uh, I, I, I don't think we should take too much stock in that. Uh, I think the, the more interesting argument, again, is how strong is the recovery? And, of course, there are still pessimists out there that, that do believe we're going to have a double dip. And, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, you heard the term sugar high being applied so much late last year that only the stimulus is keeping our economy afloat. And uh, that uh, when it is withdrawn, we're going to uh, sink again into uh, a, a serious uh, recession. And then the third item is Greece. There's been a lot of worry in, in the recent months about the economic conditions in Greece. Uh, now Europe has come forward with, I think, $40 billion uh, to help out with a relatively low interest rate. And yet the markets didn't seem to go uh, crazy over this news. Was it already built in? Is this, again, something that really matters or not? Well, you know, it's, it, it, Greece is, is a serious um, uh, drag on the European uh, economy. Uh, and it, it really goes beyond whether they're going to default on their debt or not. Because the peripheral countries that join the euro, and particularly uh, Greece, um, uh, had a southern, sudden inflation in their cost structure, uh, their wages uh, went up, um, a, a lot of capital came in. Uh, they thought they were rich. They spent a lot. And the truth of the matter is, is that the Greek worker did not uh, increase uh, his or her productivity, productivity anywhere near in line with how much their wages increase. So what does this mean? That means that really uh, Greek labor uh, and, and Greek, Greek uh, industry is at a very severe uh, cost uh, um, disadvantage, uh, which I think is uh, going to drag down uh, the Greek economy for years to come. And um, uh, as I've often said, what you know, if they had the drachma, their old currency, uh, the solution would be easy. Um, it's not easy, but it's apparent. You devalue your currency uh, and you become competitive again. Of course, the cost is imports are more expensive and, and laborers don't get the real income that they would have otherwise. But now what you have to do, since everyone's on the euro, is you have to ask, ask the Greek worker not just to hold wages constant, but outright cuts. And some experts are, are talking about cuts of 20%. Uh, to to bring back competitiveness. Now, uh, you know when when I uh, look at the news from Greece and I see uh, the the strikes and the demonstrations from labor, and this is not about cuts. This is just about uh, uh, freezing wages or uh, freezing benefits um, or or reducing some of the over lavish uh, pension. Uh, provisions, uh, I, I seriously doubt whether they can ever achieve the the type of wage uh, reduction 
that uh, many believe it would be necessary to bring them back to competitiveness. So, uh, and this may be a problem not only for um, Greece, uh, Portugal, and Spain. Spain is again in a, with an unemployment rate of 20% in a serious recession. See, the, the big difference is that there isn't the labor mobility in Europe the way there is in the United States. Uh, when there's one region that is somewhat depressed uh, and there's jobs elsewhere, Americans move. In fact, we are the most mobile large countries uh, worker group in, in the world. We just move where the jobs are. Uh, the Greeks are not going to move to Germany where the jobs are or not going to move to uh, France or Belgium where the jobs are. There are cultural, there are, of course, languages difference. Um, and, and that lack of mobility makes it even uh, harder for them to um, achieve the adjustment that is necessary. To an outsider, a layman, it just looks like Greece is not that big a country, and we can't really understand why it is that this seems to infect all the countries around it. What is the mechanism that, that makes that happen? Well, again, it's it it, it uh, you know there's a group that's called the Pigs, P I I G S, which is Portugal, Italy, Ireland, uh, Greece, and Spain. Ireland, I think, is actually doing some of the necessary things. I think it, it I think it's going to going to succeed. But uh, we're we're talking more than just Greece, and um, even even within Greece, if they're forced to leave the euro, that's terribly. Uh, you know, that's sort of unprecedented to to leave a, a currency. Um, and and I think what's what's also very important is, uh, and this is good for the dollar, but uh, the Chinese and the Asians who, uh, <clears throat> you know, have most of the world's uh, foreign exchange reserves were uh, seriously accru- accumulating euros over the previous five years because it's uh, been a strong currency and, and certainly strong relative to the dollar. Uh, they may have many second thoughts now on whether they want to accumulate the euro, um, and that actually would probably make them more comfortable with the U.S. dollar. Um, and uh, that has a lot of significance that are, well, you know, both most, mostly positive for the, for the United States. Uh, the negative, of, of course, is that if the euro goes down in value, European exports are going to become more competitive, and uh, our sales, uh, it, that uh, our foreign sales to Europe, when we translate the euros into dollars, we will, we will get less, so there'll be a little less uh, profits there. But uh, it will, I think, raise again... Uh, the U.S., which is still the world's primary reserve currency, to a more uh, solid position uh, in the future. Let's look at the U.S. One of the uh, areas we dwell on an awful lot these days is the housing market. And some news is good and some news is bad. What do you see happening there and how is that affecting the broader economy and the financial markets? Housing is still extremely sluggish. Um, I mean, we're going to get housing starts at the uh, end of this week, but uh, uh, the monthly reports, you know, a half a million starts uh, on an annualized basis. This is one quarter the number that we had during the boom years of uh, 2004, 2005, 2006. I mean, a tremendous 75% uh, reduction. Um, We've had stability in home prices. In fact, the uh, Case-Shiller Index has been up uh, marginally um, from uh, the lows that it reached around six or seven months ago. There's a lot of debate. Uh, I have some li- a lively, uh, I have a little bit with one of my colleagues about whether it's going to go back down uh, another 10%. I think it's probably hit its bottom, but I don't think it's going to recover for a long time. I, it, it could be 15 years or 20 years for uh, housing to get pr- back to the level it was during the boom years of 
2005. Uh, that being said, um, uh, we can have a fairly strong economic recovery without housing going back into uh, a, uh, a boom period. So uh, I think housing is going to be weak for a long time, and I think prices, even if they stabilize, are not really going to go up. Um, and I think there are good values there, again, for first-time home buyers, um, and that's, uh, that's a positive, very positive for first-time home buyers uh, out there. But, um, you know, I, I certainly don't see a boom in that industry uh, anytime soon. There's been some talk recently about whether uh, the, uh, the, the improvements in the stock market and the economy are due to the stimulus efforts from the federal government or not. Uh, what's your view on that? My, my view is that I, I, I believe that what we have seen over the last three months um, is the first signs of a self-sustaining recovery. What I mean by that is that in the first quarter of this year, we did not get any uh, direct fiscal stimulus. Uh, there were no tax cuts. There were no rebates. Uh, the cash for clunkers, uh, even the housing credit expired. And yet, um, when we get the, the, at the end of April, the, the uh, GDP, most experts are looking for 3 to 3.5% three real growth uh, in consumption, which is really quite good, um, which means that that we don't now have to rely on uh, fiscal stimulus for that positive GDP growth. The economy is beginning to repair on its own. Now, again, uh, we, we could argue how quickly it's repairing on its own and how quickly it needs to repair to bring down the unemployment rate. But I do believe right now, um, and I think that uh, many of my colleagues and fellow forecasters that I follow on Wall Street and otherwise, even some who had been skeptical before, believe that we, we have now seen a self-sustaining uh, expansion. Now, interest rates are very low by historic standards, but still they're inching up a little bit. Uh, mortgage rates have gone up a little over 5%, and uh, the 10-year Treasury has been up over 4%, not every day, but some days. What do you see happening with interest rates? I, I think we're going to trend up, but, uh, you know, it's interesting. Uh, it, it poked above 4 and then it came all the way down to 380 again. There's still... Um, a lot of demand for bonds and the safety of, 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 of U.S. securities. And I mentioned earlier, uh, foreign central banks and uh, Asian central banks are, are looking a little bit askance at the euro and, and beginning to, uh, uh, you know, continuing to buy the, uh, the government bonds. Uh, that being said, um, you know, I believe that the Federal Reserve uh, by the summer or by the end of the summer is going to have to start notching up rates. And um, uh, and I believe that the uh, Treasury rate, ten to ten year, will go above four and could be four and a half. Or some experts are even saying five. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised to to see that. Now, one should also say that um, although that's high from the standards of the last two years, uh, if you look over the last twenty or thirty years, that's still a very low rate. Uh, and mortgage rates, even though they poked above five, are still a very good rates. I mean, mortgage thirty-year fixed up to six um, uh, are good rates. I mean, I, I remember when I was young and thinking of a house that was a dream that I didn't think I could ever achieve was a six percent mortgage. They were nine and ten uh, or higher. Um, so uh, uh, we can stand higher rates and and still have a, a, a healthy 
uh, economy. But I think the Fed will, will have to start raising rates. And what about investors? Uh, we, we look at a lot of people like to own bonds for safety or part of a long-term diversification. Uh, is it a dangerous time to be in bonds right now with rates threatening to rise? Well, certainly long-term bonds it is um, because you're going to get capital losses on them. If you're, if you're stuck in a 35 or 4% bond and interest rates go to 5 you're going to take a 10 or 15% loss. Uh, now, if you hold it to maturity, you'll get your par back, but you're stuck for 10, 15, 20, 30 years into a low-yielding uh, instrument. So I do not believe that bonds are uh, attractive investments uh, at all uh, going forward. And it is precisely because I think uh, a stronger economy will bring a rise in interest rates. Now, we're uh, uh, this week going to enter uh, earnings reporting season for the first quarter. Uh, what are you expecting? A good quarter again. Um, uh, you know, we had really two uh, really uh, knockout quarters in the uh, uh, third and fourth quarter last year, um, uh, with the percent of firms beating their estimates being uh, at or near highs. Most analysts believe that this will be another quarter where the percent of firms beating their estimates will be above average, um, but not maybe quite as strong as the previous uh, two quarters. Nonetheless, as economic growth becomes self-sustaining and the economy becomes stronger, uh, what I look at when I look, I look not only at the past quarter, but I constantly look at projections for the uh, 2010 earnings. And uh, virtually every week or two, I see a uh, I, uh, an upgrade of those uh, earnings estimates. So earnings estimates are on the upswing, uh, and that's certainly positive for the market. Now, stocks have had a, a, a terrific run in the last uh, 12 or 13 months and have done quite well so far this year. Uh, are, are these earnings that you're talking about already built into stock prices, or do you think they have uh, farther to go? I think they have farther to go. I, I, I think they're beginning to be built in, but uh, there's still a lot of skepticism out there. Uh, as I've mentioned before, uh, you know, a very important uh, indicator of, uh, of valuation is the price-earnings ratio in the market. And right now, stocks are selling at around uh, 15 and a half times uh, projected 2010 um, uh, operating earnings. Now, Many people say, well, isn't that about the average? And the answer is yes, but uh, coming out of a recession, uh, that's actually a very low valuation. I did a study about what the average price-earnings ratio of the market is um, uh, when you're coming out of a recession for the next full year out of a recession, uh, and it turns out to be 18 and a half. So we're about 15 or 20 percent uh, discounted from the average price of stocks coming out of a recession. And that's why I still think there is uh, room for stocks to, uh, to, to run up here. Let's, let's uh, look briefly at foreign stocks, which, which you've long argued should be a sizable portion of an investor's portfolio. How do they look? Safe, uh, encouraging? Yeah, frightening? I mean, I, I think, I mean, you know, I've been a fan of emerging markets and they've done very well. In fact, uh, you know, they have come back the best of all countries. Uh, emerging markets, even outside of China, are uh, now just about back to their peak uh, levels of GDP. Um, so I, I'm still a fan of the emerging markets. Uh, I still think that they will outperform. Now, interesting people ask me about Europe. 
Um, don't give up on Europe. First of all, the euro down is, gives them a little bit of extra competitiveness. Uh, secondly, many of them sell internationally and not to Europe it, itself. Uh, and third, uh, European stocks are selling at uh, the cheapest levels now uh, relative to their earnings. They're sen- uh, selling at 10, 11, 12 times earnings, which I think is actually cheap enough given the problems of the euro. So if you listen to the first part of this podcast, you were saying, well, just a minute here, you're telling us all the problems here. And I'm saying you're getting paid for those uh, problems right now. You're getting them at a discount of premium 20 percent. Um, and uh, I think that that's enough that you should not shun uh, those European stocks. So I am still in favor of, uh, of global uh, diversification. Probably the only area I'm not enthusiastic is Japan. Um, but uh, um, uh, I think that Europe still deserves to be hold. I think emerging markets are going to be strong and they could be overweighted. And of course, I still think American stocks are going to do well. And American stocks, how far do you think the S&P 500 could go from where it is now? Well, we're just about 1,200. Uh, the high was around 1,450. Um, if, if I, if I recall, uh, you know, I, you know, to get to 1300 is another 8%, uh, this year, I think we can get there. Um, you know, we've already had about a five or 6% run and I was thinking in terms of 10 to 15% this year. Um, uh, it would be on the upper part of my estimate, but, uh, given some of the recent data I'm very encouraged about on the economy on consumer spending, um, I, I'm, I'm thinking that uh, the, uh, the recovery could be uh, even stronger than uh, what I anticipate, which would lead to the upper uh, uh, ranges of, of my uh, estimate on uh, return uh, this year. So I think, yeah, I think we can get to 1,300 uh, this year. And I think, you know, in a couple of years, we will surpass the high, maybe sooner, maybe later. Um, already, uh, Standard Poor's, I, I noticed, has come out with its 2011 estimates uh, on operating earnings, at least. Uh, they, they do uh, expect to surpass the high. So that's, uh, uh, that might be a little bit over-optimistic as those operating down, uh, bottoms-up operating earnings are. But nonetheless, it begins to show you that we've, we've gone a long way towards uh, recovery from uh, the severe recession. Fifteen percent in any twelve-month period is, uh, is something to be happy about. Uh, stocks are still a thing for the long run, in your view. Absolutely, I, I, I you, you know, people worry. They say, "Well, I've missed it. It's up eighty percent from a year ago." Um, uh, I, I'm saying, uh, "No, you still got, you still got upside. Don't, don't feel you've missed it all." And uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't use that as a reason to say it's too late. Uh, I'm not going to go into stocks. Well, it's an optimistic view of the economy and the stock market, and uh, hopefully it'll all turn out that way. Thank you very much, Professor. Thank you, Jeff. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.